Father Hayden, I can't hear you. I don't know if that's just me. No, it's not just you. I can't hear him either. Okay, got it. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay, let's start over. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done. And we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Bear thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sin, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 144. Blessed be the Lord my strength, who teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. My hope and my fortress, my castle and deliverer, my defender in whom I trust, who subdueth my people that is under me. Lord, what is man that thou hast such respect unto him, or the son of man that thou so regardest him? Man is like a thing of naught, his time passeth away like a shadow. Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Cast forth thy lightning, and tear them. Shoot out thine arrows, and consume them. Send down thine hand from above. Deliver me, and take me out of the great waters from the hand of the strangers. Whose mouth talketh of vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of wickedness. I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, and sing praises unto thee upon a ten-stringed lute. Thou hast given victory unto kings, and hast delivered David thy servant from the, sword of the peril of the sword. Save me, and deliver me from the hand of strangers whose mouth talketh of vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of iniquity. 
that our sons may grow up as the young plants, and that our daughters may be as the polished corners of the temple. That our garners may be full and plenteous with all manner of store, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. That our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no decay, no leading into captivity, and no complaining in our streets. Happy are the people that are in such a case, Yea, blessed are the people who have the Lord for their God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the twelfth verse of the twelfth chapter of the Book of Wisdom. You created those wicked people, and no one can speak in their defense or condemn you for destroying them. No one can question what you have done or challenge your judgment. All things are under your care, and there is no other God to whom you must justify your decisions. No king or ruler on earth can accuse you of punishing those people unfairly. You are righteous, and you rule everything righteously. You have never used your power to condemn a person who does not deserve to be punished. Your strength is the source of justice. You can show mercy to everyone, because you are the Lord of all. You show your strength when people doubt that your power is perfect, and you punish anyone who knows your power but dares to ignore it. Even though you have absolute power, you are a merciful judge. You could take action against us whenever you like, but instead you rule us with great patience. By the things you have done, you have taught your people that a person who is righteous must also be kind. You have given your people abundant hope by allowing them to repent of their sins. Here ends this first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed, forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the third chapter of the book of Revelation. And to the angel of the church in Sardis, write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful, and strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In Philadelphia write, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, 
He who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews but are not, but love and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world, to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And to the angel of the church in the of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chase. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to, into him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. 
for it is thou, Lord, only, that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Stir up, we beseech thee, O Lord, the wills of thy faithful people, that they, plenteously bringing forth the fruit of good works, may by thee be plenteously rewarded, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, all. We'll have thoughts about our lessons tonight. Um, the We have two different kinds of, uh, of senses, uh, you know, between the psalm and the wisdom lesson tonight. The psalm is a battle hymn. So it's a prayer for success in war, um, and it reflects upon God's um, uh, providential, um, you know, supplying of strength and stratagem in previous conflicts um, that have allowed Israel to um, to prosper and to to overcome their enemies. And you know, the psalmist speaking in the persona of King David is um, is invoking those past victories as a um, as a kind of faith-building exercise um, on out of which to cast himself on the care of God in the battle that is yet to come. Um, and so that's the that's the overall kind of scope of the psalm. Uh, and so it's a it's a psalm that asks for God's assistance in conquering their enemies. And particularly there is um, there's a repetition of this phrase, the stranger. Um, there is a, a kind of outsider language here um, that um, that 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 obtains in in this this sense of battle. There's a there's a kind of um, e external enemy, and that enemy is is someone who is not part of the covenant people. Um, and so there's this uh, this antagonism between those that they're at war with each other. Um, and so there's there's a sense of this. You know, we we observe here that you know um, the, the the imagination around battle has always been from the time of the Torah forward that um, that you know, if the Lord is not with them, then, you know, then there's nothing that can be done. We can observe this in the pattern of, of conquest and in, in like the battles of Jericho, but then the battle of Ai that follows it. In Jericho, the people followed the Lord's commandments to the T and, and you know, they experienced victory over the great walled city of Jericho. Um, and yet um, when they violated um, the commandments of the Lord and withheld spoils from that battle, uh, when they came to the battle of Ai, um, they lost that battle. They were they were undone from within. Um, and the Lord, you know, you know, points out to them that it is by Him and and His His going with them that they are able to um, to take root in that land. And if they depart from Him, then they're going to unroot uh, and uproot themselves from that. Um, and this is significant as we go into wisdom because um, you know we can we can gather from those those you know narratives of of the severe kind of judgment that befalls in a sudden swoop. Um, we can have a hard time reconciling that with um, the forbearance and the loving kindness of God. Those those um, kind of exacting standards. Um, and and yet you know this kind of becomes a, a meditation throughout the wisdom literature 
of how do we how do we ponder these these different attributes of God in, in the in the you know all at once you know because at times it seems that he's you know forbearing and he you know gives us great leniency he clearly is not hitting us for every single thing we do wrong um, and yet there is a kind of perplexity that can attend that of okay so are we you know how do we know we're doing things right and you know um, you know there's this, this there's this there's this parental kind of uh, like metaphor of discipline that God has with covenant Israel. Uh, and it is, it's this, this metaphor of, yeah, sometimes God directly says, you are doing the wrong thing. Stop doing the wrong thing um, and visits ju judgment and a kind of corrective discipline for them. And sometimes, you know, he's quiet for a long period of time. And in that time, um, it draws out something from, you know, covenant Israel. On the one hand, we see in the wisdom literature, the fool, who says, ah, God's not here right now. He must be looking somewhere else. And, uh, you know, he, and he's not going to see the things we're doing because he's not having anything to say about it and he's not doing anything about it. And that's a, that reveals the folly and that self-destructive folly of some hearts. But it also reveals in other ones a, a, kind of, a, a kind of nobility. And this is ultimately the aim of God in relationship with his covenant people is not that, you know, he kind of lingers back hiding around the corner to wait until they're doing wrong and then really catch them in something they're doing wrong. But rather, this is how you actually train someone into moral perfection. How you help someone to grow into moral perfection is you have to give them opportunities um, to be noble, uh, to be virtuous, to actually exercise doing the right thing without, you know, the threat of discipline hanging directly and visibly over their heads. Um, and because God relates to his covenant people as a loving father to a child um, and, and wishes that they would grow into maturity, um, this accounts and helps us to reconcile those of maturity and perfection in the people that he is making um, so that they can enjoy full communion with him. But uh, And so there's this active um, engagement in this probationary season whenever, wherever it arises with the covenant people. And as we see that, these two threads both come together in our revelation lesson tonight, because on the one hand, Jesus, you know, is has been clearly, um, you know, has been clearly revealed in the attributes of God uh, and is visiting, coming to visit the churches. Um, he's standing among the lampstands, which are the churches, um, and he's drawing near to them in a way that is in inspecting them. The phrase that he, he utters more than once in these letters is, I know your works. Um, which su suggests a kind of intimacy and a kind of nearness um, and, a, and a bearing witness to the things that they're doing. Um, but it also has a sense of expectation with it and a, and a kind of judgment um, that, it, that it, to know what you are doing well, um, I am not distant from you. Um, and even if I am quiet at times, um, you know, I am, I am I'm bearing witness to everything you think, say and do. Um, and so there's and all of that is relevant to me. And he goes into very exacting detail about these are the things you're doing well and these are the things you're not doing well. And so as we get into the specific churches, we have a church that's um, that's, you know, kind of doing some things well and not, which is Sardis. We have a church that's doing really well, which is Philadelphia. And then we have a church that's not doing well at all and is very in, in great danger, which is the church of Laodicea there at the end. Um, and in particular, that, that church at Laodicea is interesting because it is, it's an image of ambivalence and stagnation, um, which is, I think, a recurring uh, warning that in the parables of Christ, he, he cautions us against. One can think of uh, the like master's talent 
in the dirt and didn't even put it in the bank for, so to accrue interest in the master's absence. Um, and and so Laodicea, you know, there's a kind of a pun that's happening here on our Lord's part. Uh, he, he, Laodicea is in Asia Minor, situated between the, the ancient cities of Colossae and Hierapolis. Colossae was known to have a, a large spring of naturally occurring cold water, and Hierapolis was known to have a hot spring. And Laodicea had no water source, so it had to pipe in water from from uh, through aqueducts to itself. And so, being halfway between, it was it would gather water from both the, the place with cold water and the place with hot water. Um, and both of those had real uses to them in pres preservation of things, and in also like uh, and in and cooking and all kinds of uh, uses. Lukewarm water, however, because uh, because of its temperature, was known for and and repelled by everybody because it tended to be where parasites and diseases would uh, be found um, because it could host back of this this. You, the misuse of the Lord's quiet forbearance in the times that he gives us to grow into things. Um, it, it is a church that reflects unless there's an imminent crisis um, and we have anxiety around that crisis, we cannot be moved to change. And so the Lord delivers a severe mercy to them. He gives them the imminent crisis of saying, I'm about to pull your lampstand from you. Um, so if, that's a, if, that, if you need something to get you moving, there's your thing to get you moving. But it's a continual reminder to us that in those seasons where it seems like God is quiet, um, God is not absent. Um, and that the idea that we are separated from him by distance or by or that he is, you know, not not as concerned with us in one minute versus the next. It's all an illusion. Um, but in that um, we have the opportunity to grow through that illusion uh, to remember that we lead a witnessed life um, and that um, all the small details are significant. They're precious to Christ. Um, because we're precious to Christ. Um, he purchased us at great cost. Um, and so this is an image tonight that, you know, the God who, whose wisdom knows no, knows no um, level of granularity that is too small, he really does want us to succeed. Um, and even when we're in a lot of trouble, he's doing everything possible to lead us to salvation. And we'll close tonight with the prayer for all uh, the general intercession. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen.
Thank you all for being here tonight. It's good to be with you. Thanks to Aaliyah, my co-leader. Have a wonderful evening. Thank, Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank good you. Night. Yeah, have a good evening. Thank you. Welcome.